Build in, lock in, strap in. It's the Fantasy Domination Podcast! All right, fantasy football freaks, we are back with another episode of the Fantasy Domination Podcast. Yeah! Enjoy that music. Oh. I tell you, I was riding around today, ragtop down, blasting a little winger on this on the tape deck. Oh, we're into fall, baby. I never really took you for a winger fan there, coach, but all right, that's good. Nobody takes anyone for a winger fan. All right, let's dive in today. I, of course, am the coach, and I am here with my sidekick, my confidant, my fantasy friend for life, Rusty. A man who's enjoying week five of preseason football. Thank you, Green Bay and Chicago. Oh, gee. As we speak, we are recording this podcast during this Im- this utter embarrassment of a Thursday night uh, season opener between the Packers and the Bears where we're in the fourth quarter. It's 7-3, and there's not really much fantasy of note going on unless you're a Jimmy Graham fan. So, yeah, it feels like, uh, feels like the week five of the preseason, Coach. Like you said, hopefully Sunday brings better days. Well, they frankly mess. can't be worse than the game we're enjoying right it's now. To the abomination. On the plus side, the Bears have themselves a kicker who can make a field goal. <laughs> and so, that's all he's done so far, but yep, uh, that is a very good sign, at least for them. That's that's all that Chicago has done so far. But on the plus side, Eddie Pinero has not missed a field goal for the Chicago Bears, <laughs> which already makes him better than everybody they had last year. Congratulations. Uh, all right, but... That's what's going on on the field as the season kicks off. But, oh, my goodness, there's been some fun off the field this week, hasn't there? Uh, yeah, yeah, think there, Coach? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't we get right into it? Uh, I have a feeling that at some point this might become a uh, a weekly feature on this podcast. It's this week in Knucklehead Wide Receivers, Coach. And oh, so, so, Rusty, can I ask you a question? You absolutely may, Coach. Do you... Uh... Do you have any thoughts on Antonio Brown? And then I'm just going to have a beer and sit back for 10 minutes. Do I have thoughts on Antonio Brown? Well, where do we start, Coach? Uh, I've talked about knucklehead wide receivers uh, in the past. Uh, it's not just for Leonard Fournette anymore. Uh, they're always a special sort of crazy, the good ones. And But my goodness... Antonio Brown has taken it to another level. I don't know if, like, being out of Pittsburgh, his true colors are now shining out for everybody to see, <clears throat> or the fact that he's on the Raiders, and you got one guy with a circus clown team, uh, going to a team, which is a whole bunch of circus clowns. And I was saying to somebody today in one of my other leagues that with the with the Raiders, wherever the heck they are now, Oakland, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, I don't even know where they are now. Uh, that the, the the crazy Davis apple does not fall from the tree, if you know what I'm saying, Coach. So it seems the Davis boys have inherited whatever whatever they got from their father. The whole place is a mess with John Gruden and Mike Mayock and all those guys. Great TV guys who are all of a sudden running a football team and they're running into the ground. Um, so you had the nonsense with Antonio Brown with the feet. First off, getting the cryotherapy or the or the ice in the feet or whatever the heck he was trying to well, pull there. You know what? Let's hold on a second. Oh, because we got to go even further back if we want to chronicle the entire Antonio Brown offseason. Because first, he blew his way out of Pittsburgh in spectacular fashion. Oh, it was fantastic! Absolutely <laughs> fantastic. You know, 
why why would you want to play for a Hall of Fame coach, for an all-time great organization, for a Hall of Fame quarterback who makes you look fantastic on a day-in, day-out basis when you can play with um, one of the Carr brothers? I don't know which one. I think we're still trying to David, figure that part out. Derek. Derek. I think it's Derek. I think it's Derek. Might be a, might be a Volkswagen. And John Gruden, a man whose best coaching days are, well... Let's say they're probably in the past. Perhaps. Perhaps. Love oh, no, they're absolutely in the past. He is not somebody who should be coaching an NFL team right now. Not at this point in his career, no. It's it's an... No. Anyway, like I said, these guys all deserve each other. But we'll get to that. Yep. All right. So, Antonio Brown then gets cold feet. Uh, first, literally, then figuratively, because he gets in that helmet nonsense. Uh, so after getting frostbitten feet, he then starts to go through this crazy routine where he's fighting with the league and the team about wearing uh, the wrong kind of helmet. And I've like, like I said, late career CTE is a hell of a drug coach because this guy has gone full on bat poop crazy, uh, as we like to say in Alabama and other places I've been. Uh, I just, but and, and, and he he filed like a hundred grievances. He. Oh my goodness, he was wide open. Uh, he filed all these grievances. Eventually, they get to a thing where I believe someone mentioned today that he finally found a helmet he liked, and which, just as a coincidence, was a helmet that he got a, a sponsorship deal for or something like that. And everything seemed fine now. Uh, his feet are better. Uh, the helmet situation seems to be resolved finally. And then today. Word comes out that he gets into a fight with his GM on the sideline. What in the God's green earth is happening in, in I, let's say it's Oakland for the sake of argument. What is going on with the Raiders, coach? I have no clue because all of a sudden he's p- threatened to punch his GM in the face, kicking a ball, and now they're going to probably suspend him. And there's even talk that it's so bad that that suspension might escalate to them revoking his signing bonus, which basically means he may not play it down for these guys, which is incredible. Now, to me, coach... I said it a little earlier. These two, these two clowns deserve each other. The Raiders and Antonio Brown. This is a match made in heaven, and it's great fodder for us to talk about on a podcast. But, whew. <laughs> I'd hate to be a Raiders fan right now. Oh, I'd hate to be a Raiders fan any day. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, folks. You're only losing your football team. Anyway, yeah, and it's your uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think I think to be a Raiders fan, you had to throw that away a long time ago. Here's the situation. Antonio Brown's always been a diva, you know. But when you're winning, it's easy to stay a diva. And when you're ascending, you can keep being a diva because you're rising and rising and rising. But he sees that he's peaked. That was the whole point of forcing his way out of Pittsburgh. He's still an elite player, but there's nowhere to go but down. And he wanted to make sure he cashed in one more time. So he forced his way out. He got his $30 million in guaranteed money, which he can lose now because if the Raiders suspend him, he loses $29 million of that guarantee, and they can go after him for the $1 million that they already paid him. <laughs> so what's the point? What is, yeah, what's his endgame? Is, is he – you know, you can look at the helmet situation, and maybe this is like a crazy – like a Fox situation where – you know, what he was angling for was a high-profile helmet deal. I mean, who else in the league? How many other players in the league are you really aware of what helmet they wear? The answer is none. I but you have a pretty good idea. Hands. Yeah, you have a pretty good idea what helmet Antonio Brown is wearing because he made it a headline issue. 
So that might have been crazy like a fox. What is this? I don't know. Is this him having cold feet about going, you know, as you said, I like your pun, by the way, going to Oakland and realizing, oh, no, Oakland is a terrible franchise. We're relocating in a year. I have no idea what's going on here. My coach is over the hill. My quarterback is not the guy who's going to lead me to the Hall of Fame. So is this crazy like a fox where he forces his way out? Or is it stupid like a fox? Because here's what I'm going to say. All right. It's either stupid like a fox or it's crazy like a fox. And here's how we're going to tell. If this is crazy like a fox, he's going to get suspended. They're going to revoke his contract. They're going to dump him. New England's going to pick him up. He's going to catch 100 passes from Tom Brady, and they're going to win another Super Bowl. That's crazy like a fox. Mm. What's stupid like a fox? Uh, He's going to sign with the Tennessee Titans. (laughs) I mean, sorry, coach. I, I heard something about ten, and then uh, I fell asleep. It's football's answer to a yawn. Dear God. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know where he's going to end up. I mean, you think where do you go when you've you know bailed out on the Oakland Raiders? I don't know the CFL. Buffalo. Are, are the Ottawa Rough Riders calling? He well remember. He could have gone to Buffalo, and they seem to have dodged that bullet by him refusing to go there, probably because they weren't going to re-sign him. My goodness. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are a terrible football team, but they see they do seem to have dodged a bullet. So, uh, you're right. What what what, uh, what other dregs of the... Uh, we, yeah, normally, I would used to say Cleveland, but even Cleveland isn't bad anymore for that kind of stuff. So, well, where, else, I mean, where else could you go that would... That would just be, you know, that would be a bigger circus act than the, the, the Oakland, Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders. All right, well, I'm going to give you one more name, Uh-oh. one more franchise that if you want a circus, this is a three ring circus with acrobats and. Oh, and, right. I know where li- you're going. Lions and tigers jumping through flaming hoops. You know where I'm going with this? I believe you're going east. I'm going south. Oh. That- Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, oh, that is not what I was thinking. I was thinking the the New York Football Giants because that's also a clown show going on over there right now. But yes, Dallas is a whole different kind of circus, though, isn't it? It's could a you, could oh. you Matt? Like, let's look at that team right now. Oh, All right, you Antonio got Brown and Amara Cooper and, and Zeke Elliott and Dak. Jason <laughs> Witten's like, I quit football and then I came back and now I'm back for this. I'm going to quit again and go work in the Monday night booth if that job is still available. Oh, my. That that right there has the potential to be the amazing circus of all circuses. And we didn't mention Jarrah. Well, that's why it happens, because Jarrah looks out there and says, hey, I mean, that dude's got more money than, than God at this point. He'll spend it. He'll make it work. I, as a as a football fan, as a fan of drama... As a trained Shakespearean actor, nothing nothing would please me more than the theater that would be Antonio Brown getting dumped by the Raiders and going to the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, as much I, I I can't see it working with a salary cap. That would just seem impossible with all the guys they're paying or have to pay. But oh my goodness, that would be a wonderful train wreck. Yeah. Well, one oh, you do that it. on a one year deal and you make it you make it work somehow. Oh. I, now just to make it fantasy relevant, I do worry that that would impact Michael Gallup's fantasy value. Maybe not in a dynasty format if you've got them long term, but this year, that would cause issues. Hmm. We have have to make it about fantasy. 
course. Because after all, this is the Fantasy Domination Podcast. Absolutely. All right. So that's this week in Knucklehead Wide Receivers. Uh, I, I don't want to be a weekly thing, but I I just have a feeling that we're it's going to be a thing. All <sighs> right. So let's jump to another quick topic here of, hey, how about that Damian Williams that you overpaid for in the draft or traded for and thought oh. was a great value as a starting running back who is going to be a, an elite level player putting up RB1 stats and leading you to a championship? How's that working out for you, folks? If you, I'm just sorry. I want to say one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. If you recall, when we did our running back tiers a couple episodes back, we were not high on Damian Williams, and that's when he was the undisputed guy there. <laughs> He's not that anymore. Good God. So this is why we say don't draft early. Because what happened? And there, I'm even in some leagues where we thought we were safe drafting last week, like, like late last week, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then all of a sudden, you thought we're good? I'm like, In fact, a couple of leagues, I even got Darwin Thompson. And I'm like, my goodness, he's failed to me. And I was so happy about it, coach. And then what happens? Saturday morning, Sean McCoy, released by the Bills. Oh, crap. You're the Sean McCoy owners. You are not going to be happy about this. But, well, you know, it's great for Devin Singletary. It's great for Frank Gore, who's five, 555 years old, TJ Yeldon, etc. Opportunity opens up for other people. But those Devin Singletary owners all of a sudden are looking really good. And then it's just like, well, where's Shady going? Well, I might go to Houston or whatever. But, of course, Fat Pig Andy Reid strikes again and ruins the fantasy value of Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson by signing the Sean McCoy. All of a sudden, now it's like... Well, Damian Williams might get a week. He might get two weeks, and then it's going to be shady, and then it's going to be a three, two or three headed run back. Just Andy Reid cannot let fantasy owners have a good thing. He just has to screw over every single time. This is why I cannot stand him. He's he's done this to me for twenty years now, Coach. Twenty years, fat pig Andy Reid has screwed me in fantasy, and he did it again. Did it again, Coach. That is true. I mean, I, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, Did it again. I mean, when you're getting in bed with Andy Reid, expect uh, to end up on the floor. You can't trust him. It is a deal with the devil. Yeah. Deal with now, the from devil an, himself. From an NFL perspective, I like this move. Oh, it's a brilliant you know, they, move, NFL-wise. They, Absolutely. They got good depth. They got Williams to run. I don't see Shady doing a whole lot of running, but his his – you know, he's still got some elusiveness if they can get him wide on some of those uh, screen and bubble passes. I, you know, I don't I don't like I don't love any of those guys from a fantasy perspective. And you know what? If we're going to we're going to crap on uh, on Damian Williams and talk about what Shady's going to do. Bless all those folks that bought into the Darwin Thompson hype and took him. I mean, I know of some dynasty leagues where he was a first round pick. Oh, One yes. of the first 12 guys off the board out of the rookie pool and the leftover pool. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a gadget player at best now. I think I think Oops. he's still a bit of a hold in Dynasty. Because don't forget, Damian Williams has not had a great bunch of success. Uh, Shady is a short-term solution. But for those folks who thought that they were going to get a Kamara, Kareem Hunt type of thing where he could ascend to greatness in that first year, you're gonna he's a much longer-term play for you now. And then you're hoping that fat pig Andy Reid doesn't screw it up by drafting somebody next year or getting some other over-the-hill back or whatever. But anyway, 
Yeah. So I, I, if you're in, if you're in redraft, if you're in redraft, I'm not sure why you listen to us, but thank you. Um, but in dynasty, you have a much longer term window now that you're thinking of a Darwin Thompson. But don't get rid of him yet if you've got the space to do it, because there's you know again you got to have that long term view now though you just got to shift you got to adjust on the flat coach. And I want to say to that one that one guy out there, the one guy who thought I'm smarter than everyone else. I got a plan here, and what I'm gonna do is I'm going to pair Darwin Thompson with Tony Pollard, and I'm going to beat everyone this year because I'm super smart. Oh, boy. Because that guy is screwed. There was a That gr- plan oh, is not is working. Dead. That plan is dead in the water. It's a, oh, yeah. That's uh, oof. Yeah. That's another thing. People, don't be that guy. People who drafted earlier, you know, not, you know, I don't know why they thought Zeke wasn't going to show up. This was never a Melvin, Melvin Gordon Zeke was going to play. It was just a whether he could leverage that to get a better contract. And, oh, yeah, he did because he got the biggest NFL running back contract in history. Yeah. And you've got the, the Duke Johnson thing. And who's the uh, – it's a forgetting me. Who signed there? Oh, yeah, the Carlos Hyde who got cut by the Chiefs. And then he went over to the, the Houston Te- football Texans. So the, the, here's the thing, Coach. If you ever wondered where this RB0 stuff came from, and why it's becoming so popular. This is why. Because of the running back situation can be so tenuous on teams. Because of the way that they evaluate the position. And they value the position. The wide receivers are much safer investment now. Because you've seen stuff like this. Within a snap of a finger. A guy's value drops immediately. Or raises immediately. It's a very high risk game. So this is why people are starting to look more towards wide receivers. As those longer term investments. As those anti-fragile. Whatever those folks are calling it. Uh, you know, going away from the volatility of the position. They're looking at wide receivers. They're a safer bet. This is why zero RB is becoming a thing in PPR and half PPR leagues. This is why people look at them more in Dynasty. Because of situations like this. And that's also why. I mean I've never been an RB0 fan. I, I don't run it. I look to get me some lockdown running backs. So, you know, you're tra- there are there's the Zeeks of the world, obviously, and the Gurleys. Well, when Gurley was Gurley and the Saquons. But, you know, trying to target those guys who are going to be that next tier that at least they're going to see 250, 300 touches because that's what you want. From your running backs, you need volume. Mm-hmm. Volume hopefully begets performance. But if you're getting a guy who's, well, he's going to get 100 carries and maybe some of this. And, oh, it might work out. And, well, there's upside. And, like, no. You want to build your team around guys who are going to touch the ball as much as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'd, I, you know, oh, I'll just play James White. And, um, I don't know, I'm going to pick Matt Breida. And that's my backfield is I can't do that. I I feel like I'm throwing away money. I'd just rather, I'd, t- I'd rather take up watercolors. I think there's room for a hybrid strategy there. I think it probably depends on your draft and the resources available to you. But but this is why Zero Obby is becoming more and more popular because of this. Because of the way the running backs are treated these days with the downbacks and all, all that other nonsense. So it's a different game now, Coach. And there's always going right. to be different those strategies. Running back, if you can get those three down running backs with the 300 touches or more, then that is such a huge advantage. It's just there are so few of those guys left now. Yeah, but as I said, there's always going to be strategies. Right now, we're wide receiver heavy. It's going to swing back. You know, quarterbacks are the same way. I once played in a league with this guy who ran the quarterback triad. Super he fun. had this plan. Ooh. He was going to run three quarterbacks the whole season and just pick and choose each week who was the best matchup. 
You know how long that lasted? How long? One Coach? week when he realized this was the stupidest idea and he settled on a single quarterback and ran him for the rest of the year. You can't play around with this stuff. You got to lock in on guys who are going to touch the ball and perform with it. I know that seems pretty basic, but what more do you want? Sometimes get running backs answer. who are going to touch the ball. Get wide receivers who are going to touch the ball. Get quarterbacks who are going to make sure those guys get the ball. It's like shaving with Occam's razor, Coach. Sometimes the simplest way is the best. Absolutely. And don't draft Tampa Bay running backs. Yes, that's the other part of it. Like that Dare Og, whatever his last name is. I know you're tempted but, to do it, folks, but remember, it's Tampa Bay. I know, Bruce, and, I know, I love Bruce Arians, and I think he's a miracle worker. But my goodness, I don't think that that's going to end up very well. And and of course, preseason second half of game guys. Yeah, that's the other. Part. How much faith are you going to put in that? All right, well, <sighs> that's enough riffing on what's going on right now. We're going to take a short break and then you know, re- refresh our beverages a little bit. Maybe watch the end of this scintillating uh, Thursday night season, uh, 2019 season opener. The Green Bay Packers have scored a field goal, Coach. It is now 10-3, to and the Bears are driving. They're in their four-minute offense, and, well, they're actually, well, they're actually maybe getting a possible chance to tie this up. We may have overtime, Coach. So we'll be back after the game is over, and we're going to give you our tight end tiers to finish off our fantasy uh, dynasty tiering series that we've been doing, uh, and we'll get that right after this. Stay tuned. All right, fantasy football fanatics, we are back. And if I sound a little deflated, well, it's because I just watched an awful, awful football game. Your, your, voice, sounds NFL as, pers- your voice sounds as deflated as the ball that I think they were using because that was there was nothing going on in that game. My goodness. That was that was brutal as an, NF, an, an NFL game. And from a fantasy perspective, it was pretty much a turd. Three players stood out. That's it. Allen Robinson had a very nice game as a as the wide receiver two we expected him to be. Uh, if you're in PPR, which you should be in PPR, because if not, why are you playing fantasy football? Tarek Cohen had a good game, eight catches for 49 yards. The catches make up the give you the points there. That's good. And on the Green Bay side, who do you like there, bud? Uh, on the Green Bay side. Oof. Uh, exactly. Well, yeah. I, I, well, I guess Jimmy Graham because he got the touchdown, three receptions, thirty yards, and a, and a, and a touch. Uh, everybody else, yeah, no, the, you did. Yeah. Not, you did not have a good night. Um, shout out to Devontae Adams, get... who I have in a couple of my leagues, so I took er, who I have early or used keepers on. Um, thanks for that four thirty six. Great use of investment. Uh, for by, by the way, though, Coach, if you were in a points put punt league, a PPP league, you were having a very good night if you started with these punters. There were 17 punts between the two teams in this one. Oh, and two turnovers on downs as well by Chicago. So 19 stalled drives. Uh, just scintillating football uh, being played in this one, Coach. The punters got to work out. If you love punts, they're fantastic. And I know what you're saying. Who plays fantasy with punters well i'll tell you i'm in an experimental league this year that we're seeing how this works nothing but punters Ooh. eight teams three punters per per team two start we're giving out points for 
number of punts for average punting yards and if you get a tackle from your punter that's worth 50 points oh wow yeah we're basically <laughs> playing for beer money in this one yeah I, I would hope so but you know why we're trying an all punter league this year these guys because you're, myself you're sick in the head absolutely all right because as you said before cte is a hell of a drug <laughs> all right so players. let's let's try to get back on track here let's talk about a position that kind of registered tonight with jimmy graham making an appearance but we have not done our tight end tiers and you know why rusty we haven't done our tight end tiers because there's not much to talk about there's a few guys and that's it absolutely there's one tight end tier and then and a bunch of other guys so let's muster the appropriate amount of energy and dive into tight end tier number one where we find one two and possibly three names yeah so obviously the the top guy we're all thinking of is travis kelsey with gronk gone it's you know he's the king of the tight ends now uh some might argue that he's in his own tier but with George Kittle's emergence last year uh, in San Francisco, he does definitely move up. It, 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 you can, I think, there's a very good argument to be made that it's Kelsey and Kittle, uh, and then, ever, and then, then we maybe drop down into now. There is another guy who's maybe you can make an argument to be in this tier. Maybe he's he's sort of in his own tier between the top tier and the next tier, and that'll be Mr. Zach Ertz. The problem with Ertz is that he like very talented young tight end, but there are so many other mouths to feed. Not to mention Dallas Goddard, who's also a tight end for that team, but all the other young mouths that are going to be fed in that passing game as well. Kind of dampens the outlook a little bit on him. Um, you may still take him in that spot. But I just uh, I think to us. I think we're in agreement on this coach. Kelsey and Kittle, are, the, the two Ks, are you're going to be a top key, t- top tier. Maybe Zach Ertz is in that 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 limbo between them and the next tier. Yeah, I think Ertz is a prime regression candidate because there are just so many mouths to feed in that offense. The thing that's going to be most interesting about Kittle is you look at his season last year when he was putting up a lot of those yards. It was with Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard throwing him the ball. I'm really curious to see what he's going to be like with a full season of Jimmy Garoppolo and theoretically a better offense around him. Theoretically, um, communism works though, coach. Yeah. I mean, this this is a guy who had a fantastic season, especially a fantastic tight end season. You know, we'll take any receiver who goes 88 for 133 for 1377, five touchdowns. That's a great season. I don't care who you are, mm-hmm. but to get that out of a tight end playing in a piss poor offense with uh backup backup quarterbacks mm-hmm. i you know we could see him push number one this year if if he can get better yeah after that we're looking at a couple of young guys who you know this could be your sort of your classic third year leap right um that we usually attribute to wide receivers mm-hmm. but evan ingram of the new york football giants and oj howard couple of guys who, uh, you know, they're knocking on the door. I don't know if they're going to get to first tier, but they're definitely at the top of the second tier. They're guys that if you don't get the first three guys we've talked about, you're not you're not going to be too feeling too sorry for yourself uh, because they have bright futures and they're young. Uh, both, I think, like you said, third-year guys. If I'm not mistaken, I have to double-check on O.J. Howard. But you know, the, you know, you're not feeling too bad if you don't have those top guys. If you're able to get them, then we're doing all right. 
There's another guy. I know you and I are, are, are sort of going back and forth on this. Um, again, maybe there's another guy who it needs to be in a, a intermediate tier, if you will, uh, Mr. Hunter Henry from the got to make sure I'm saying this right. Los Angeles Ch- Superchargers. Uh, uh, although we all keep, I know so many people who keep calling them San Diego because that's where they're supposed to be. Damn it! But uh, what I mean, I know Hunter. Hen- I think Hunter Henry. We've talked about this coach has the tools. He's young and has the talent, but we just. He, I think it's a health thing, right? Obviously, Antonio Gates kind of stunted his growth a little bit. But what is it about Hunter Henry besides opportunity and injury that it has you a little bit more down on him than others? I don't know. I think I'm just not feeling it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can get there. I, I wouldn't race out to grab him, but I also wouldn't feel too bad if he lands on my team. You know, he's had three seasons. Um, you know, two he played the full season had good numbers, what you'd expect for a tight end. And then, of course, he missed the whole year. So if we look at him as essentially a third-year tight end, similar to the other two, yeah, maybe maybe this year he does make the leap. Um, you know, we, we know Phil Rivers works a tight end better than anyone else in the league. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... Uh, yeah, I, I'm not... I'm No, coach, I'm not going there. I know what you're trying to do. And not going to allow it to happen. Let's move on to the next tier before we get into yeah. Before we get some more crazy fan mail, uh, like we got that la- that one time. Um, the next tier that we're talking about is the young guns, the rookies. We got two hot rookies coming into the league this year: T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant. Uh, I think they're in a tier on their own as up and coming guys that, especially in dynasty, you can get your hands on. Especially Hawkinson. Uh, if you can get your hands on these guys when you don't have the other two, uh, the other six that we mentioned before, I think that's your next tier down. Yeah, if you're if you're uh, regrouping, rebuilding, rebooting team in fan- in dynasty fantasy, then I would definitely put Hawkinson a little higher up on this list. Um, I like I like his potential. I like what he can do, and I think you're going to get him a lot cheaper than what his value might actually be in a multi-year perspective Mm -hmm. um fant i don't know i it's hard it's hard to like a rookie tight end on a team that doesn't really have an identity right now you know i might he's i would say he's a backup bench stash but i don't see i don't see a scenario where noah fant is good enough that you're looking to protect him for next year Mm -hmm. i just don't see that happening i like what he brings to the table but you know Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, that Denver offense that's going to be in transition. Who knows? I don't think it's somebody, you know, like I said, if you can get him late, stash him on your bench, drop him when you need to pick up that emergency wide receiver. It, that's that's where his value's at. Long term. It's another one of those long term plays, potentially. All right. Uh, uh, to me, Coach. Oh, can I, can oh, I tell you what the next tier is called? Oh, oh great. Because I, 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 I didn't have a fancy name for it. Um, yeah. So you go ahead. I got a fancy name. The next tier of tight ends is called all the other guys who play tight end in the NFL. <laughs> I was going to call it the field. But, yes, I like yours. Uh, <laughs> I do like yours, Coach. Uh, you're right. Because all the other guys, I'm looking at them. The, the, this tier has a mix of guys who are either towards the end of their careers uh, or guys who are young up and comers but don't have have not shown us the body work yet. Oh, they're still too young. Like you, like for example, I'm looking at guys like Eric Ebron and uh, Jared Cook. Jared Cook 
I remember talking to a guy 10 years ago about how Jared Cook was going to be the next great tight end. And here we are 10 years later. Someone's always taking him and thinking this is going to be the year for him. Guess what, folks? It's not going to be the year for Jared Cook ever, I don't think. Uh, but then you got the other guys who are young guys like your David Njoku's and Dallas Goddard's and Austin Hooper's who just have not really shown us enough yet to let us think that they're going to encroach onto that next tier of guys. So, uh, and then you got a bunch of other guys who are names. They are yep. tight ends in the National Football League. Darren Waller, Tyler Eifert, Mike Gaisecki, uh, the aforementioned Jason Witten. Kyle Rudolph is still in the league? Kyle Rudolph is still in the league. Jordan Reed is still in the league, even though he, he, that, that's a guy who should retire, by the way. He's had yeah. like, like 5,000 concussions. Like, dude, just like you are not going to be able to add 2 plus 2 uh, in about 15 or 20 years at this rate. Mm. Absolutely. And, I mean, yeah, I know you mentioned it before, but Eric Ebron, if you're if you're drafting him based on last year's performance, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Yeah, probably not a good idea. I mean, again, if you're not in Dynasty, there's some guys like your Greg Olsons, Jimmy Grahams, who are good guys for or even in dynasty if if you'll if you don't have a, a a lead on the young guys but you 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 have a chance to contend this year maybe you do pick up an olsen or a graham or one of these name guys who has a year or two left who might be able to get you to the help get you to the promised land but if we're th- talking pure dynasty you know we pretty much cover the guys you really need to care about all right so let's let's put a little friendly wager on the table here right now All right. just to wrap up this week's episode if we take Antonio Brown off the table as a result of his retirement, okay? All right. Retirement. Is there <laughs> retire forced retirement for the year? All right. All right. <laughs> so that sounds about Suspension. Right. Call it what you want. Maybe he goes to Dallas. But let's say Antonio Brown doesn't play this year. Mm-hmm. Is there any player who's going to have more TD regression than Eric Ebron? He had 14 last year. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up with, like, Four this season, maybe five, six is a, a great year. That's a drop of eight touchdowns. Is there any other receiving player in the league who could be down eight to ten touchdowns year over year? Is it wrong that I do not want to take the field on this one? <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to put a bottle of Johnny Walker, blue, on the line for this one. How's that sound? We'll go blue because on this podcast, we do not go blue. No, oh, that's right. Only without right. drinking, apparently. All right. All right. Yeah, you have Here's my the wager. Now. If Eric Ebron loses more touchdowns than any other player in the NFL this year, receiving player, then you owe me a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. All right. And I'm going to get that bottle because there's no way any other player's dropping off worse than that. Probably, but I just, I'm just i too tempted. I'm too tempted. I got so many other guys that could regress. I just need one of you to come through. Just need one of you to come through. Let's go. Come on. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's our tight ends. That's our stupid bet. That is our worst football game of the season so far. Oh, I hope it, it can only get better from here, right? It can't get worse. Remember, remember last year when scoring was up and everybody was throwing and just scoring all over the place i really hope this is not a harbinger of what we're going to expect this year well again it can't get worse and you know why don't ever say that coach 
It can. I said that with my seventh marriage. It can't get worse than the other six. Guess what? Wait. One, two, three, four, five. Seventh marriage? You've only had six marriages. Did I miss something? <laughs> uh, uh, um, maybe there's a couple that maybe we haven't talked about. Uh, All right, folks. You know what? I think Finish. it's. I think it's time to go, Coach. I'm clearly we're getting pun- we're getting punchy here. It's because we had to drink to get through that awful game that we just saw. Absolutely. Sorry. Fantasy football fanatics, fantasy football freaks, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Domination Podcast. As always, follow us on your favorite podcast app. We're everywhere. Google, Stitcher, iTunes, Anchor, uh, Spotify, you name it. You can find us there. You can listen to us. Subscribe. Give us a like somewhere. Give us a rating somewhere. Give us a review somewhere. Tell the world that this is the best damn fantasy football dynasty focused podcast in the world. Because you know why? Because we are. Oh, thank you.